This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Well, thank you, and good evening. Harold Perry was behind the voice of the great Gildersleeve. His mischievous laugh was instantly recognizable, and he captured the character beautifully. And tonight is a special double bill for Harold Perry. In part two, we'll hear him in a show that followed the great Gildersleeve, Honest Harold. More about that in a bit. The great Gildersleeve began on NBC August 31st of 1941, and it moves the title character from the Fibber McGee's wistful villa to Summerfield where Gildersleeve oversees his late brother-in-law's estate and rears his orphaned niece and nephew, Marjorie and Leroy Forrester. At the outset of the series, Gildersleeve administers a girdle manufacturing company. I love the slogan. If you want a better corset, of course, it's a Gildersleeve. Kraft presents the great Gildersleeve. This time, the Kraft Cheese Company presents for your enjoyment Harold Perry as the Great Gildersleeve, written by Leonard L. Levinson. And now for the adventures of the Great Gildersleeve. Where Pippa McGee and Molly live? Yes, madam. Oh, my. Do you think I'll be able to see them from the train window? No, lady. The McGees are on their vacation. Oh. But say, there's an next-door neighbor of theirs, Throckmorton P. Gildersleeve. Where? Where? That portly gent with the mustache on the platform, the one making a speech to his employees. How do you know they're his employees? Because every time he goes away, he gives them an hour off to come down to the station and wave goodbye. Oh, so that's Mr. Gildersleeve. Well, I... I can't tell you how touched I am to see all the employees of the Gildersleeve Girdle Works down here at the station to bid me goodbye. <laughs> it's indeed... Uh, by the way, is there anyone left at the plant? Uh, well, uh, no. What if some orders come in? Who'll take the phone calls? Uh, Mert. Oh, Mert, eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As I was saying while I'm away, I expect every one of you to uphold Gildersleeve Girdles to the best of your ability. And don't forget our motto. If you want the best of corsets... Of course, it's Gildersleeve. <laughs> Very good, T.P., Very good. Thank you. Thank you. You'll get a raise. <laughs> and though it's necessary for me to go away and attend to other enterprises, the one thing closest to my heart is the Gildersleeve girdle. How long will you be gone, T.P.? At least three days and maybe till the end of the week. Oh, <laughs> uh, before you go, T.P., 
The Gildersleeve Girdle Workers Guild wishes to present you with this handsome leather briefcase as a token of our esteem for you. <laughs> Me? I don't know what to say all except... Aboard? Yes, all aboard? Oh, no. Oh, my goodness. Out of my way, everybody. Where are my bags? On the train, T.P. Thanks. I forgot to buy a ticket. Where do I buy a ticket? On the train, T.P. Oh, yes. Let go of me, boys. Where are you pushing me? On the train, T.P. Goodbye, children. Goodbye, children. your ticket, Mr. Gildersleeve. Sorry I haven't any berths left. Uh, couldn't you squeeze me in somewhere? I'll try, though it'll probably be a tight squeeze. <laughs> uh, tight squeeze. <laughs> Side splitting, isn't it? Going to be in Summerfield long? Oh, no, just three or four days. I'm taking over the administration of my brother-in-law's estate. They're going to run it for my niece and nephew. Uh, but that's quite involved, and I'm hungry. Which way is the diner? Why, an old experienced traveler like you should know where the diner is. Huh? Oh, of course. No matter where you are, the diner's always at the other end of the train. <laughs> See you later. Excuse me, madam. Uh, pretty crowded in this diner. By George, I'm so hungry I could eat the waiter. Yes, sir. Is it all right if I sit at this table? Yes, sir. Sit right down, sir. If this gentleman doesn't mind reading his paper on his own side. I said if this gentleman doesn't mind reading his paper on his own side. Excuse me, sir. Does you mind? Yes, I do. I'm particular whom I eat with. <laughs> you are, eh? Well, I'm not. I'm hungry. Waiter, bring me a steak. A nice, juicy double tenderloin rare. Waiter, where's my milk toast? I ordered it 15 minutes ago. Yeah. I'm sorry, but milk toast takes time, you know. And, waiter, I want a big, heaping plate of French fries. Yeah, French fries. And a cup of strong coffee with lots of cream. Yeah, I'll get it right away. And bring me my milk toast made with gluten bread, remember? Yes. Bread. Oh, that reminds me. Some hot biscuits and a little pot of jam. Gluten bread toasted and a cup of hot water. Uh, and an apple pie a la mode with cheese. Yeah, with cheese. Yeah. I can't stand this. Listening to you is giving me heartburn. <laughs> it is, huh? Hey, waiter, uh, don't forget the steak sauce, ketchup, piccalilli, and relish. Bring me a glass of bicarbonate of soda, quick. <laughs> yes, uh, right away, Bob. Of course, it's none of my business, mister. And don't stick your nose in it. You... Well, all right. That's the way you feel about it. I was just going to tell you you're getting your newspaper in the mustard. I don't use mustard. No, I guess you don't need any. But what I was going to say was... Never mind, never mind, never mind. Okay, I won't say it then. That mustard from your newspaper is all over your sleeve now. I don't care. What? All the messes I have. <laughs> Water only spreads it. <laughs> you see what I tell you? I'll thank you to mind your own business. What's the big idea of jumping down my throat? What do you expect addressing a perfect stranger? You're far from perfect, stranger. <laughs> and from now on, I'm going to make a career out of ignoring you. Uh, here comes my food. That's pretty snappy service, waiter. Uh, yes, sir. Well, where's my milk toast? Yeah, I'm sorry, sir, but the chef is all out of glutton bread. 
He wants to know would Pumpernickel do just as well. No, Pumpernickel wouldn't do just as well. Why keep me waiting all the time while you serve this big buffalo the minute he sits down? No, look here, mister. I don't want to look here. I'm sick of the sight of you. The idea. An overstuffed ox like you, guffling and gobbling and gorging yourself like an ostrich. I've got a bad case of indigestion already just from looking at you. Why, you dyspeptic little dodo. Just because you're mean to your stomach and your stomach talks back to you, you bellyache. Excuse the expression. (laughs) You're not suffering from indigestion. You're just green with Epicurean envy. I won't sit here. Here's your bicarbonate of soda, mister. Take it away, take it away. I need something stronger than that now. I've got some pills down here in my briefcase. Just a minute there. What are you doing with my briefcase? Your briefcase? This is mine. It is not. My employees gave it to me just this afternoon. Take your fat paws off of my briefcase before I... Before you watch, you dried up little crab apple. <laughs> now, now, wait a minute, gentlemen, please. Let go of my briefcase. I will not. It's mine. Why, the idea is... Oh, yes, now, ma'am. waiter. Waiter. Did you see anything of my briefcase? I left it... Oh, you gentlemen have it. Thank you so much. Well, Mr. Gildersleeve, I've located a bird for you at last. Oh, that's fine, Conductor. I was getting tired of sitting around here in my pajamas. Where is it? It's uh, upper nine in the next car. Upper nine? Oh, my goodness. The last time I was in an upper berth was, uh, let me see, uh, 50 pounds ago. (laughs) The porter's making it up for you now. Thanks. I do hope that porter gives me a wide berth. It's the dark in here. Oh, uh, Porter? Uh, Porter? Quiet! Oh, excuse me. <laughs> Must be sleeping. Oh, Porter? Yes, sir. Have you got up an eye ready yet? Yes, but I didn't anticipate no gentlemen to such ample proportion. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe I'd better take a ladder. Yes, I'd better take two. They're small. <laughs> well, all right. Come on. Yes. Yeah, here we are, right up there, sir. Up there? Hmm. Oh, my goodness. Hold these ladders steady, Porter. Remember, if they tip, I won't. Yeah, sir. Now, be careful, mister. The train's coming to a sharp quiet pretty soon. When? Then. Oh! Hold on, Mr. Lattice Knight. I can't hold on. I'm coming down. Look out below. Oh! No! What hit me? Oh, my sacrilege. <laughs> Here, mister, let me help you up. I don't want to get up. I want to sleep. Not you, mister. The man in Dapa. He's now in the lower. Then where am I? You're right here, brother. Get off of my poor stomach. Who is it? Uh? Oh, it's you. What are you doing sneaking into my berth? I'm not sneaking into your... I'm not sneaking. I'm trying to climb into bed. I'm your upstairs neighbor. <laughs> Isn't that nice? I hope that swinging shelf snaps shut on you. Oh, yeah? If it's going to swing, I'll see if it swings your way. And if I land on you again, brother, you'll spend the rest of the night sleeping in the roadbed. Oh, quiet. Let me go to sleep. Okay, Grandpa. Unpleasant dreams. All right, Porter. Give me a leg up again, will you?
32,474. Oh, my goodness. Two o'clock already and still not a wink. Yes, 32,476. 32,478. Oh, what's the use? There's only some way of stopping that buzzsaw down there. I can't stand this any longer. Where's that porter? I'll fix this guy. Did you call me, sir? Yes. Would you mind getting me a drink of ice water? I can't sleep. Yeah, sir. Yeah. Yeah, here, here's the water, mister. Uh, thank you. You needn't wait. <laughs> good night, good night, good night. Good night, sir. Yeah. Now, if I can hold this cup in his hand and open the lower curtain with it. Ah, I've got it. Yeah. Steady now, Gildersleeve. Ready. Aim. <laughs> what, what was that? Porter! Porter! What do you mean, sir? Shut this window, will you? It's raining right in on my face. Quiet, kind of man. Get any restaurant here? <laughs> He's just pulling into Summerfield. You want me to brush y'all? No, I'll walk down the steps like the rest of the passengers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, by the way, uh, Porter, you've given me such good service. Here's an order for a gilded sleeve girdle for your wife. Uh, thank you, sir. I happen to be a spinster at the moment. <laughs> But if it's all right with you, I'll put it in my hope chair. Yes. <laughs> yes, that's perfectly all right. Uh, Summerfield, eh? By George, I'm certainly looking forward to seeing Marjorie and little Leroy again. Marjorie, how why can't I call him T.P. like they do Donald's Foundry? It isn't a foundry, Leroy. It's a... Oh, never mind. It's nothing that concerns little boys. And I'm sure that he will prefer to have you call him Uncle Throckmorton. Oh, shucks. You can't go around calling a big, tough guy who runs a steel foundry Throckmorton. It's positively derogatory. It's derogatory. Yeah, it's that, too. <laughs> Leroy. Who told you Uncle Throckmorton was in the steel business? Nah, you thought you were so smart. I saw one of his letterheads. The Gildersleeve Girder Company. Hmm? <laughs> oh. Oh, yes. Gildersleeve Girder Company. Gee, he should be here by now, shouldn't he, Marjorie? Now, don't you worry, Leroy. Just as soon as his train arrives, Mr. Wills will bring him here for breakfast. Oh, I wanted to go down to the station, too. I know, but Ted has to discuss all the legal details with Uncle Stockmorton before we go to court. Say, you're getting pretty darn stuck on that Ted guy, aren't you? Why, Leroy Forrester, I am not. Ted Wills is 
Really, our lawyers? He is not. Williams and Williams, Willies and Wills are our lawyers, and Ted's nothing but the tail end. <laughs> well, he's young yet. You just give him time. Oh, there you go. Who oh, say? How's if I should call him Uncle Morton? Call who? Oh, Uncle Throckmorton. Well, I don't think he'd object to that. Wait, I can do better than that. How's this? Uncle Mort. Who's that? Uncle Mort. I'll answer it. Well, 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 I'll bet this is little Leroy. Hi, Uncle Mort. Hi, who? You, Uncle Mort. You don't mind if I call you Uncle Mort, do you, Uncle Mort? (laughs) No, not at all. Go right ahead. Uncle Mort, eh? (laughs) I like that. And this is Marjorie, Mr. Gildersleeve. Uh, Marjorie, eh? Uh, I'm here, my dear. My, how you growing? <laughs> Hello, Uncle Frostwarden. Let me take your hat and coat. Will you have some breakfast? Uh, no, thanks. I've already had mine on the... Well, I'll have a cup of coffee. <laughs> sit right here, Uncle. Ted, you sit over there. Oh, thanks. My, this looks wonderful. Hey, Uncle, will you take me back to Wistful Vista with you and let me work in your factory? Uh, what? Well, I didn't think you'd be interested in that sort of thing. Now, Leroy. See, I am, Uncle Moore. That must be some way out. I bet you make the supports for a lot of big projects there. <laughs> We don't turn out anything much like it. We sort of confine ourselves to a foundation. Say, I'd like to go along sometime when you install some of those foundations. I don't have... (laughs) What did you say, young man? uh, Please excuse Leroy, Uncle Mort. He's been like that ever since he found out that you own the Gildersleeve Girder Company. What? Uh, Gildersleeve Girder? Oh, oh, yes, I see it all now. Yes, a bright boy. Gee, Uncle, you ever have to slug it out with any of them tough steel workers of yours? Uh, No, no, I never do. You don't, huh? Uh, Oh, well, of course, there have been times when I've had to put uh, more snap into their work. (laughs) Yeah. Once I was so angry, I picked up a badly made uh, foundation and... Bounce it right off the foreman's head. <laughs> you did? Yeah. Oh. Now, Leroy, let your uh, uncle eat his breakfast. Yeah. Have some toast, Uncle Mort? Uh, no, thanks. Ooh, uh, speaking of toast reminds me of an amusing incident on the train last night. Uh, you'll enjoy this, Leroy. When I went into the diner, the only empty chair was at the table with a car. Yeah, when the ice water hit him in the face. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's time we leave for court, Mr. Gildersleeve. It is? Uh, come on, kids. This won't take long. Well, all I can say is we run things better than this in Whistle Vista. Eleven o'clock and the judge hasn't even shown up yet. Judge Hooker's usually very prompt. Yes, the trouble with some of these judges is they think they're little tin gods. Take those black robes away from them, and what have they got? Bow legs. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, that's a hot one, Uncle Moore. Yeah, I'm glad you like it. Everyone rise, please. Ah, last. Superior Court, Department 25, the Honorable Hitter, they took a judge for signing is now in session. Please, please. Down, Uncle Moore. Thank you. Oh, my goodness. Who's that man sitting in the judge's chair? Well, that's Judge Hooker. Judge Hooker? 
That's the man in the lower berth. Hey, Mr. Crosswalk, Pete Gildersleeve for appointment as Minister of the State of Ray Park. Well, that's us. Come on, Mr. Gildersleeve. I'm not feeling very well, Ted. <laughs> uh, couldn't we postpone this over to another judge? Oh, come on, Uncle Mort. Remember what you said. This guy will be a pushover. Yes, a pushover. Now, come on, come on. Step up. Don't dog it. Man, got all day. Make a snappy, folks. The judge is pretty short-tempered this morning. He didn't get any sleep last night. Oh, my. <laughs> uh, Your Honor, with your permission, I'll put Mr. Gildersleeve on the stand first. Go ahead, Mr. Wills. Yeah. Where in the witness, Bill? You promise where to tell the truth, the whole truth, not the truth, top yet? I do. <laughs> well, do you or don't you speak up? I do. That voice is very familiar. <laughs> Turn around, Mr. Oh, so it's you. Yes. Uh, hello, Judge. <laughs> Mr. Wells? Yes, Your Honor? I will examine this man's qualifications if you don't mind. Oh, I don't, Your Honor. But I do. Silence. <laughs> now then, Gildersleeve, what do you do for a living? I make girdles, Your Honor. <laughs> Order in the court. Order in the court. Yeah. Order in the court. Order. Order. You Gildersleeve, any more cheap humor and I'll judge you in contempt. But it's true, Your Honor. I'm the president of the Gildersleeve Girdle Company. Oh, Uncle Moore, tell him the truth. He doesn't make girdles, Judge. Yeah. And what does he do? Steel foundation. I bet he would, too. <laughs> now, no more interruptions, my boy. Remember, this is a courtroom. You realize who I am, of course. Sure, you're a bow-legged little tin god. Yeah. Why? Howdy, Roy. <laughs> you just said so yourself, Uncle Moore. Oh, you did. Yeah, just a little joke, Your Honor. You know how I kid. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Well, I'm going to ask you a plain question, and I want a plain answer. Yeah. What business are you in? Well, I... Uh, oh, uh, that is... Uh, Leroy, would you mind going out into the hall and get me some uh, some ice water? One moment. Who's running this court? You or I? Better not get Uncle Mort mad, Judge. Last night he threw a whole bucket of water on a guy in the bus under him. Oh, my. Here we go again. <laughs> he did. It is. Yeah. And this poor sap woke up and thought it was raining. Oh. <laughs> you ought to hear Uncle Mort tell him. <laughs> Thanks, I will. Let's hear all about it, Uncle Mort. But, Judge Hooker, it's after five o'clock. This poor man's been on the witness stand all day. All right, all right. One more question, then I'll hand down my decision. Mr. Gildersleeve, what makes you think that you have executive ability? Well, I have a large staff of my own. And through years of experience, I know the proper relationship between employer and employee. Your Honor. Yes, Mr. Wells? Our firm has thoroughly investigated Mr. Gildersleeve, and we're satisfied as to his qualifications. Uh, Mr. Wells, I have great respect for you and your associates. That is probably the only reason why I'm going to grant your petition. However... In order to protect these children from their own misguided enthusiasm, I'm going to require this Gildersleeve to report to me every single week. Uh, but, he Your Honor... get an okay for every cent that he spends. But, Judge... And I will require him to post a bond of $50,000 in cash. Now, see here, Hooker. <laughs> I won't stand for this. I'll resign. Quiet. Gildersleeve, I never sent for you. You came here begging for this job. To quote from Brawby versus Union Buggy Corporation, Civil Court of Nebraska, 
You've made your bed and you can't lie out of it. But my business in Whistful Vista... You remain here and make this estate pay or go to jail for contempt. Now, wait a minute. I'm not good. Court is a jack. I'll kill that old goat. <laughs> Ted, we've got to do something about this. Do you realize that a $50,000 bond would not only take every cent of my ready cash, but also means a mortgage on my gordel works? <laughs> uh, gee, I'm sorry about how the whole thing went, Mr. Gildersleeve. Oh, maybe if we went into the judge's chambers, we could persuade him to lower the bond, Mr. Moore. Sure, just let me talk to him. Young man, you've what? talked enough for one day. Well, how about it, Ted? Well, it won't hurt to try. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Uh, excuse us, Judge Hooker. Uh, you remember me, don't you? <laughs> I I thought perhaps maybe we could possibly get that little cash bond reduced. I don't see why I should. Have if to... you spoke to somebody who'd known me for a long time, they might convince you that I'm not such a bad fellow. <laughs> oh, that would be fine, Uncle Moore. Yeah. Who could the judge talk to? Why, uh, the president of the Whistle Vista Chamber of Commerce. He's my next door neighbor too. A chap named Fibber McGee. We can call him long distance, Your Honor. Yes. Yes, I see, Mr. McGee. Yes, I'm glad you put me straight on that. Yes. I knew my little chum would set me in right. That's a very good point. Leroy, I want you to meet McGee one of these days. There's one of nature's noblemen. I guess you've made up my mind for me... Fibber? Yeah, Fibber. <laughs> Hold the phone a second, I'll tell him. Gildersleeve? Uh, yes, Judge? Gildersleeve, I've decided to rescind that $50,000 bond. Uh, I knew that would happen if you spoke to my little pal. Yes, after talking to McGee, I'm going to make that bond $100,000. What? Give me that telephone. Hello? You're a hard man, McGee. <laughs> Leroy, I'm going to show that judge I can run that estate, or my name won't be Throckmorton P. Gildersleeve. You better warn Uncle Mort. You won't even have a name. Yeah. No. I'll just have a number. Good night, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. 
original music on tonight's program was composed and conducted by William Randolph. This is Jim Bannon saying goodnight for Kraft and reminding you to tune in again next week at the same time to hear the further adventures of the great Gildersleeve. This is the National Broadcasting Company. Stay tuned for another show with Harold Perry, Honest Harold, up next on Theater of the Mind. You're listening to Theater of the Mind on Zoomer Radio, AM 740 and 96.7 FM in downtown Toronto. Well, let's shift gears now. Put Harold Perry on the Harold Perry Show, a new character who featured a radio show within a radio show. The main character, Harold Hemp, called Honest Harold, was a host of a program called The Happy Homemaker. As one would expect from a situation comedy, humor arose from Hemp's interaction with other characters in the episodes. They included his mother, his nephew, a marshal, a doctor, the radio station's switchboard operator, and several girlfriends along the way. And he hosted the radio show in a small town. Here we go with Honest Harold. The Harold Perry Show. Yeah. <laughs> and now, Harold Perry as Honest Harold, the homemaker. Here we are again in the little town of Melrose Springs, home of that popular radio show for ladies, Honest Harold, the homemaker. Honest Harold is a little sad this morning, for the light of his life, the lovely Evelina, is leaving Chicago. Harold and Evelina's uncle, Doc Yancey, the veterinarian, are at the station to see her off. Well, Evelina, this is farewell. Now, Harold, it isn't that serious. Yeah, she's only going to be gone three days. (laughs) All right, Doc. Evie, I'll miss you. I'll miss you too, Harold. And I give you my word, Evelina. While you're gone, I won't even look at another girl. (laughs) (laughs) Harold, you sound like a calf of the heave. Doc, why don't you stick your head on the rail? See if the train is coming, huh? (laughs) All right. I do have sort of a trained ear. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that'll keep him busy for a little while. Flyer's always a half an hour late. Like I was saying, Evie, while you're away, Harold Hemp is going to be true blue. Well, good. Yes, sir, true blue. And I want you to try and have a good time in Chicago, Evie, even though I'm not there. Well, I'll try, Harold. Brave little girl. (laughs) And don't you worry about me. I'll be true blue. While you're gone, I'm going to spend all my evenings at home reading. Reading? You said it. I'm going to read that book you gave me for Christmas a few years ago, Anthony Adverse. (laughs) (laughs) Evie, since I'm going to be true blue, how about a little kiss? Oh, now, Harold. But give me something to remember you by. Your kiss would stay on my lips for three days with that indelible lipstick. Well... Oh, come on. All right, Harold. Train's coming, Harold. (laughs) Yeah, the train's pulling in, Harold. Yeah, I heard it, Doc. Just my luck. The first time she's been on time in two years. I'll take your bag, Jimmy. Put them on board. Yeah, good idea. Well, 
This is it, Evie. Don't worry about me. I'll be true blue. Goodbye, Harold. Just leave me, Evie. Don't look back. It's easier that way. Harold. Yes? Here. <laughs> Evie, you kissed me. Come on, Evelina. Goodbye, Harold. Goodbye. Oh, Evie. Goodbye, Evelina. Watch out for card sharks. Yes. <laughs> Goodbye. She's gone, Doc. Gone. She's one girl in a million, Doc. And she doesn't have to worry. I'm going to be true blue. Hey, look what got off the train, Harold. Uh, that, that gal over there. She's a looker, ain't she? I'm not interested. Well, I am. <laughs> I won't hurt you to take a peek, Harold. All right, I see her. She can't tempt me just because she's got red hair, pink sweater, a lot of curves. Whoop. She winked at me. Come on, Doc. Listen. <laughs> Morning, Station KHJP. No, Mr. Hamp hasn't come in yet. You're welcome. Good morning, Gloria. Oh, good morning, Mr. Hamp. Harold. <laughs> well, Gloria, just saw Evelina off at the station. <sighs> yes, I see you did. <laughs> what? I think you look awful cute with lipstick. Uh, oh, well, it's Evelina's. I'm going to wear it for three days. <laughs> oh, it's a very becoming shade. Oh, you like it? It's Congo Red. Harold, huh? I guess you'll be kind of lonesome now with Evelina away. Will I? And if you're not doing anything tonight and want to come over, well... <laughs> uh, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you, Gloria. Not that I don't appreciate it, but I'm going to be true blue to Evelina. Yes, indeed. Oh. I'm not even going to think about another girl. That goes for that redhead that just got off the train. The one with green eyes, pink sweater, who winked at me. She winked at you? Harold! Gloria, let's get this thing straight. Evelina's the only girl for me. Not going to give a thought to anybody else. In fact, I'm going to stay home tonight, curl up by the fireside, and read a redhead with pink sweater. Oop! (laughs) (laughs) I mean a book. (laughs) Oh, goodbye. This is the way to spend an evening, all right. A nice Morris chair. Good book. Let's see here. Anthony Adverse. Hmm, kind of thick. 1,500 pages. <laughs> Wonder if they ever condensed this for Quick Magazine. <laughs> hey, I remember Anthony Adverse. It was an old movie. Can't be too old, though. They haven't shown it on television yet. <laughs> Uh, Funny about that redhead at the station this morning. She did wink at me. I think. (laughs) I'd had a cinder in her eye if she came from Chicago, though. (laughs) Hemp, I'm ashamed of you. Thinking about another girl and you're still wearing Evelina's lipstick. 
Why, hello. Oh, hello, Mother. Oh, you're reading a book. Oh, a big one, too. Yeah, it's not so big. 1,500 pages, small print. <laughs> now, Harold, you're not fooling your mother. Eh? Your mind isn't really on that book. I know who you're thinking of. You do? Evelina. Oh, Evelina. <laughs> of course. <laughs> oh, by the way, Harold, I hear there's a new girl in town. What? Mm-hmm. Visiting her uncle, uh, Comrade Linth- Linthicum. Oh? She came in on the morning train. Uh, maybe you noticed her at the station. Why should I notice her? I understand she's an awfully pretty girl. Red hair, brown eyes. Green. Such a pretty girl. Mother, I want to make one thing clear. The girl means absolutely nothing to me, and I have no intention of taking her out. What? Please, Mother. Don't see why you keep talking about that girl when all I want to do is spend a nice evening at home with this interesting book. Oh, I'm sorry, Harold. Now you go right ahead and read. No, I won't. I'm going out for a walk. Good night, Mother. Oh, my Harold's restless tonight. Oh, I know why. This is the day he changed to his woolen underwear. (laughs) Well, can't stand in front of this pet shop window all night. Getting tired of watching those tropical fish swim around. Guppies. Hey, that one with the bushy eyebrows looks like me. (laughs) Silly to be upset about that girl. Probably never even see her again. Well, good evening. Good evening. Uh, it's you. What? Hey, good morning. Good night. Um, how have you been? I'm just visiting here, and I'm sort of looking the town over tonight. Yeah. If you could tell me where I might get one of those real small town ice cream sodas. You know, the kind that are really yummy. Yummy. Uh huh. Well, uh, you can get one down at the drugstore. It's up this way. I mean, down that way. Funny I knew where it was this morning. (laughs) Oh, look at those cute little fish. Yeah, guppies. Ah, there's one fish chasing another one. (laughs) Probably trying to catch him for her mate. Catch him for her mate? He's the one that looks like me. (laughs) Uh, See you later, miss. Uh, Oh, brother, that was close. Glad I swam away in time. Where am I? Oh. There's Evelina's house. Wonderful Doc Yak Yak is home. I think I'll drop in and talk to him. Take my mind off things. The old horse doctor is probably back here in his animal shed. Come in. Oh, my goodness. What a menagerie. Which one is you, Doc? I'm in the clinic, Harold. The back room. Clinic. You kill me, Doc. Now, Harold, is this a professional visit? Got the distemper again? (laughs) This is a social call, Doc. Just thought I'd drop in and play a little game of authors or something. Oh, I'm sorry, Harold. I'm busy tonight. Uh Oh? I'm operating on a patient. What? There she is. That cat? Steady now, Gertrude. (laughs) What are you going to do with her, Doc? 
Major surgery. I'm going to clip her nails. Heaven's <laughs> sake, manicuring a cat. Let's see, where did I put my surgical gown? Yeah. Oh, poor little Gertrude. Now, you let old Doc know if this hurts, dear. I'll give you an anesthetic. <laughs> oh, brother. Gosh, that girl is beautiful. Yes, Gertrude is kind of pretty. Green eyes, red hair. A striped tail. A striped tail. <laughs> <laughs> well, Harold, I guess you are kind of lonesome with Evelina away. Well, it is. I uh, can fix you up with a date tonight. Slick young female I know, 25 years old and never been kissed. Who? My horse, Silver Moon. <laughs> Doc. Well, she needs the exercise, and it'll keep you out of mischief. Well, okay, Doc. Mm. Nursemaid to a swayback nag. <laughs> the things I do for Evelina. Well, this is kind of nice. Jogging along on a country road in the moonlight. You having a good time, Silver Moon? Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, <a> happy horse. <laughs> yes, sir. This is the way to avoid temptation, all right. Just ride along in the cool air, then go home and dream of Evelina. Evelina, who oh, won't you pay a little? What's that? Uh, car stalled up the road. No wonder it's one of Hank Dutcher's rental cars. Reconditioned Rios. <laughs> Whoa, Silver Moon. Anybody there need any help? Oh, hello. Oop, it's that pink sweater. <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid my car is stalled. Stalled? Well, I'll go right into town and send out a mechanic. Giddy up, Silver Moon. Oh, yes. Huh? Couldn't I please ride into town with you? With me? Well, I... <laughs> Stop pushing me, Silver Moon. You wouldn't leave a girl out here in the dark all by herself. Well, uh, no, I guess not. Ah, oh, thank you. Give me your hand. Yeah, uh, take my elbow. Ah, yeah. there. Oh, aren't you the man I saw watching the tropical fish? Yeah, I'm the one with the bushy eyebrows. <laughs> Get up, Silver Moon. Oh, Silver Moon. <laughs> My, that's a pretty name. Pretty horse. Pretty night. Pretty warm. <laughs> I'm Mary Lou Dupre. Aren't you going to introduce yourself? Oh, I'm Harold Hemp. They call me Honest Harold... I mean, uh, Honest Harold the Homemaker on the radio. <laughs> radio? Yeah. Why, that's a coincidence. I'm in show business, too. Oh? I'm a nightclub singer in New York. What they call a chanteuse. A chanteuse? <laughs> I sing songs of love and passion. But, oh, brother, get up so <laughs> songs, songs like this. I've got you under my skin. You have? <laughs> I've got you deep in the heart of me. <laughs> so deep in my heart, you're really a part of me. Have you ever read Anthony Adverse? <laughs> I've got you under my skin. 
napkin. Whoa, Silver Moon. <laughs> Miss Dupre? Yes? I can't fight this thing any longer. It's bigger than both of us. What kind of lipstick do you use? Why, uh, Congo Red. Good, same kind I'm wearing. <laughs> oh, I missed your hem. I'll hate myself in the morning, but what the heck? <laughs> you mind your own business, Silver Moon. <laughs> We'll return for the second act of our story, Honest Harold, in just a moment. But first... I've just read next Thursday's suspense script, Rave Notice, and I'm sorry to report that there's not one joke in it that I can steal. (laughs) However, it's a very fascinating and terrifying story, I promise you. And, of course, it will star America's most distinguished dramatic actor, Milton Berle. (laughs) Uncle Milty to you. Thank you. Yes, tomorrow night on radio's outstanding theater of thrills, Suspense... Milton Burrow will star in Rave Notice. Oh, brother. Suspense is heard every Thursday on most of these same CBS stations. Don't miss Milton Burrow on Suspense at CBS The Star's address tomorrow night. Oh, by the way, listen for Harold Perry's important announcement at the end of our show. And now, back to Honest Harold, the homemaker. <laughs> It's the morning after for Honest Harold. Last night, his accidental meeting with the attractive Mary Lou turned into a romantic interlude. Now, in the cold light of day, Harold is filled with remorse. I sure am. I'm a cad. For he lost his head and kissed the charming chanteuse. Well, just once. But I shouldn't have done it. No willpower. Aren't you ashamed, Harold? Yes. What? Oh. Will you ever forgive me, Evelina? Well, right now, Honest Harold is entering the radio station with a heavy tread and a guilty heart. Harold Hemp, you're a bounder. And you wanted to run for mayor. Good morning, Harold. Oh, good morning, Gloria. Gosh, you look a little peaked this morning. Hmm? You shouldn't have stayed up so late last night. What? Reading that book, Anthony Adverse. Oh, <laughs> Did he kiss the girl yet? Yeah, he sure did. (laughs) I think it's noble the way you're staying home at night while Evelina's gone. What a sneaky thing I did. And oh, how sweet and sentimental. You're still wearing Evelina's lipstick, Congo Red. Yeah, I got a fresh coat last night. (laughs) See you later, Gloria. Well, at least nobody knows about it yet. Why did I ever... Hemp? (laughs) Get that dazed look off your face. Remember me, I'm the station manager. Oh, good morning, station... And Stanley? (laughs) Come into my office, Hemp. Yes, sir. But he's found out about it. And he likes Evelina, too. Hemp, I want to talk to you. I deny everything. What? Anyway, I only kissed her once. Hemp, what are you saying? You'd have done the same thing, Stanley. A lonely road, silver moon, her perfume. I didn't know what I was doing. I'm only human, Stanley. Stop tugging at my lapels. I don't know what you're talking about. You don't? Isn't that what you wanted to see me about? I called you in to talk to you about your monthly office report. Oh, the office report. Yes. 
You single-spaced it again, and you know it should be double-spaced. Oh, I'll, I'll double-space it, Stanley. I'll triple-space it. Anything you say, Stanley, you're wonderful. So understanding, the nicest boss a fool ever had. Mm-hmm. Harold. Ooh, mistake. <laughs> Sorry, Stanley. But say, you look cute with that Cupid's bow on your cheek. It's Congo Red. <laughs> <laughs> Stanley knew something there for a minute. What are my feelings so guilty about? Just one little kiss? Didn't mean a thing to either one of us. Hi, boy. Oh, Pete, the town marshal. What are you doing, Pete? Writing out a parking ticket for this bicycle. Too close to the fire plug. Oh, for heaven's sake. You been buggy riding lately, boy? (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean, Pete? Yeah, just a minute, Harold. I gotta fill out this ticket. Make of bicycle, Sears, Roebuck, Atomic, Flyer. Pete, did you see me last night? I sure did, boy. I was out looking for chicken thieves. That was a cute little Rhode Island red you had. (laughs) (laughs) Quite a smoocher, aren't you, boy? (laughs) Well, look here, Pete. Don't you try to make a big thing out of this. Just one harmless little kiss. Didn't mean a thing to me. In fact, I'm never going to see that girl again. I'm through with her. Yeah, but is she through with you? Huh? If you ask me, you're in trouble, boy. Trouble? What do you mean? Just a minute, Harold. Yeah. Distance of vehicle from fire plug, four feet. Eight. Is it five feet? Pete, I want to talk to you. I will split the difference, call it four and a half. Pete, what did you mean? Is she through with me? Well, I heard about a case like yours just the other day. Fella kissed a girl, thought he was through with her. What did she do? Shot him in the stomach. <laughs> Shot him because she loved him. But Pete... Shot him because she loved him. Stop saying that. Pete, you don't think this girl will shoot me. Hey, just a minute, Harold. i got to finish this ticket. Oh. Attitude of driver. Hey, now, that's a tough one. Pete, listen to me. Oh, sure, the whole thing is a mistake, Harold. Mistake? You mean about the girl shooting the fella? No, the joke's on me. <laughs> Making out a ticket for my own bicycle. <laughs> oh, Oh, staying home tonight, Harold? Yes, Mother, I want to finish the book. That's nice. I'll leave you alone so I won't disturb your concentration. Thank you, Mother. That Marshal, he spoiled my whole day. Mary Lou wouldn't shoot me. This is silly. She couldn't fall in love with me over one little kiss. Of course, I am rather attractive. (laughs) I was wearing my new shaving lotion last night. (sighs) Oh, why doesn't Harold get here? I can't live another moment without him. There he is. Hello. <laughs> Come in. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Let me close the door. I'll just tell her that kiss meant nothing to me. She won't care. She locked the door. <laughs> <laughs> She's hiding the key. Oop. Harold, come sit down. Huh? No, here on the floor. What? 
on this tiger skin. Oh. <laughs> Didn't see him. Oh, little tiger. Mind if I sit on you? Uh, uh, uh. Oop, big molars. <laughs> now, isn't this cozy? Yeah, where'd you get this little old tiger? I shot him. John. <laughs> got bushy eyebrows, too. Mary Lou, I wanted to tell you something. Harold. Ah. I can't forget last night. The moonlight. You and I sitting close in the buggy. That strange fragrance in the air. Oh, that was my shaving lotion. <laughs> Lumber yardly. <laughs> <laughs> Your kiss in the dark. Oh, it still lingers on my lips. Indelible lipstick. I'll never forget it as long as I live. You won't? I mean, you won't? And now that I've found you at last, my own true love, I'll never let you go. What? And if you should ever try to leave me, do you know what I'd do? I'd shoot you. <laughs> but you would never leave me, would you, Harold? Oh, no. Why would I want to leave you, Evelina? Evelina? Mm -hmm. Then there is another woman. Uh, You've been deceiving me. <laughs> and you call yourself Honest Harold. The homemaker. <laughs> it was just one kiss. Mary Lou, what are you reaching in your purse for? Is that a gun? I'm going to shoot you with this Mauser, you rat. Uh. <laughs> Wait a minute. That thing is pointing right at me. Mary Lou. Mary Lou. No. <laughs> What are you doing on the floor? Where's that tiger? <laughs> Mary Lou, put away that mouser. What? Oh, hello, Mother. Help me up. Oh, you must have dozed off, Harold. Oh, yeah. Oh, I have some wonderful news for you. Huh? Uh, Dr. Yancey just called. Evelina's coming back sooner than she thought. She is? When? On the 8.20 tonight. Isn't that wonderful? Oh, you said it. Well, you better hurry if you're going to meet her. Uh, but, oh, my, but you're pale, Harold. Yeah. Hope you're not catching another cold. Mm -hmm. Maybe the doctor ought to give you a shot. If Mary Lou doesn't do it first. <laughs> now, who's that? Hello. This is Mary Lou. Is that you, Harold? Ooh, Mary Lou. Harold? This is Harold's mother speaking. <laughs> Harold isn't here. He's gone to Timbuktu. Goodbye. <laughs> oh, Harold. You're always joking. <laughs> That's what you think. Goodbye, Mike. The uh, train isn't in yet. Well, the only honest thing to do is to tell Evelina the whole story. At least if Mary Lou shoots me, I'll die with a clear... Harold! Oop, Mary Lou, she followed me down here. This is it. I'm glad I wore my new hairy bone. <laughs> oh, I'm glad you're here. I wanted to tell you goodbye. Goodbye? My agent phoned me from New York. He has a job for me there, and I'm leaving on the next train. You are? Harold, I, I wanted to clear up one thing before I go. That little kiss in the buggy last night. I hope you didn't take it seriously. No. <laughs> Good. Oh, you're very sweet, Harold. But I couldn't fall in love with you in a million years. You couldn't? Thank you. That's the nicest thing any girl ever said to me. <laughs> what? Oh, there's my train. Goodbye, Harold. Uh, goodbye, Mary Lou. Uh, nicest shantoose I've ever met. Oh, 
There's Evelina getting off now. Evelina! Yoo-hoo! Evelina! Oh, hello, Harold. You didn't have to come down to meet me. Oh, glad to do it. Gosh, it's nice to see you again. Oh, it's nice to see you. Uh, oh, there you are, Evelina. Peabody, what's he doing down here? Hello, Stanley. I'm glad you're here, Hemp. What? Evelina, I think there's something you want to know about Honest Harold. While your back was turned, he went buggy riding with another girl. Oop. And that isn't all. He kissed her. But there she is, just getting on the train. That pretty girl? Is that true, Harold? Um, yes, it is. Oh, that's wonderful. Ah. Oh, how intriguing. I didn't realize you had that much charm and dash. Ah. But Evelina. Stanley, it looks like you've been getting a little romantic yourself. Isn't that lipstick on your cheek? Oh, that's mine. What? I'm about ready for another coat. Pucker up, Evelina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have just heard the Harold Perry Show, Honest Harold, who returns in just a moment with an important announcement. The supporting players tonight included Mary Jane Croft, Catherine Card, Viola Vaughn, Ken Peters, and Parley Bear, and featured Gloria Holiday as Gloria and Joseph Kearns as old Doc Yak Yak. Norman MacDonald directed, and the music was composed and conducted by Jack Meekin. Honest Harold, created by Harold Perry, was written by Gene Stone, Jack Robinson, and Dick Powell. Now back to Harold Perry for his important announcement. Oh, yeah, that's me, isn't it? <laughs> now, just what was that message, Harold? Well, Bob, we talked about it last week, but for the people who missed it, I'm hunting for a laughing lady, someone we can invite to appear on our show. And all the gal has to do is just laugh? That's right. <laughs> her laugh will enter in the Honest Harold Laugh Contest, and it begins right in her hometown. So, ladies, if the laugh contest is being conducted in your city, please enter, and you may be here with us some Wednesday night. Say, that sounds like fun. No, it is, Bob. Come on, girls. Let's all laugh. (laughs) Thank you for listening. Tomorrow night, it's Abbott and Costello, followed by Inner Sanctum. Thanks to Joel Schoenwell for technical support. The executive producer of Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great evening. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.